Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy, and welcome to Last First Date Radio. This is the place to be for creating healthy, lasting relationships in midlife. And today, I am excited to be speaking with author Tammy Lee Schumacher. We're going to be discussing how to speak up, communicate effectively, and transform your life and relationship at any age. Tammy has a great story to share. She wrote a book called The Second Start about finding joy in the new you, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. And just wanted to say that um, I've been doing this for about 10 years. I've been a life and dating coach, and I'm actually transitioning into um, a new part of my career, the part that I love the most, which is helping women show up, stand up, and speak up for what's important. So this this is really an important show for me today because this is a this is a passion of mine is you know helping women to communicate effectively and I find that this is the area that we struggle with the most and um just wanted to let people know that I am currently running a special on a speak up session this is where you get to work through a challenging conversation that you want to have with somebody where you don't know how to speak up, whether it's at work or in a personal relationship, a romantic relationship. Many of us struggle with family stuff. I just was at the hairdresser this morning and this woman was talking about her crazy family and, um, you know, and drama happens unless you really know how to set limits, how to speak up effectively And that's what I do, and I love helping people to unpack the situation and to give you a script that you can use to have that tough conversation. So it's called a speak-up session. You just need to go to lastfirstdate.com forward slash speak-up session, and there's dashes in between each word. So speak-up-session. And um, every week I bring you a tip on how to become a woman of value because a woman of value attracts in toe-curling epic love. And this week's tip is is step number 10, which is listen to understand. This is really hard for most people to do. We just, we listen so that we can be heard. And this is Stephen Covey said this beautifully and I it's one of my favorites because we really need to learn to really listen to understand the other person not just to have our voice be heard so speaking up is important and we're going to talk more about that in the show but it's equally important to listen and I'm sure that's going to come up in my conversation with Tammy Lee so um, one last thing before I bring her on is that if you're not already a member of my private Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date, I invite you to join us. I have many women who join me from this podcast, and so you are welcome to join us if you are over 40, you're a woman, and you're single or in a relationship and you want some support. This is a heavily monitored group. I have seven monitors who monitor every single day so that None of the conversations become negative, bashing either men or each other. Um, So, again, it's called Your Last First Date. All right, let's bring on our guest. Tammy Lee Schumacher was a teenage mother and a bride. 
She had five children and 11 grandchildren, and her life looked really good from the outside, but nobody had any idea that her 37-year marriage was on the verge of being destroyed. She triumphed over many challenges from depression to a lack of self-esteem, and she pulled herself out of a gray cloud, both physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, to become who she is today. I love that. She has, she's reconnected with her husband since 2014. She's an optimist, an author, a healer, a speaker, a mentor, a teacher, and a workshop <laughs> facilitator, inspiring and empowering women. So welcome and, uh, and join me now for episode number 299, we're one away from 300, How to Find Your Voice and Speak Up to Save Your Relationships. Welcome, Tammy. Thank you, Sandy. That was wonderful. I really appreciate that. I'm so excited to be here with you and everybody else that's listening in today. Yeah, thank you. So before we get started on how to find your voice and speak up, because as you know, this is an important topic for me, I would love for you to share like the the, the cliff notes of what your story is and, and how you came to be this amazing you know, inspirational speaker and author, um, inspiring others to to do things that you have done in your life. Cliff notes. Wow. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> well, I was. Uh, I don't know if you said this part. I was a mom and a bride at in my senior year in high school. I was seventeen, so I went from my father's house to my husband's house, and in that time. Um, like you said, raised five children. So I lost myself. Even though my senior English teacher who knew I was pregnant, um, she looked at me and she said, Tammy, no matter what you do, no matter what you do, don't put your writing on the back burner. Well, hmm. I did that. And I put me on the back burner. I did not have somebody to... Um, mentor me or any woman because all the women in my life up to that point they had they've never spoken up for themselves and I thought I wasn't supposed to either and earning over 200 mom years in time I started to see well if I don't start speaking up what am I then teaching my children And I'm not saying this is easy because sometimes when we start to speak our truth and when I wouldn't, I would start to go into a really deep depression. Every time I thought I had to fit inside a box to make everybody else happy because I'm pretty outrageous, I have a very unique laugh, I can be loud, I'm fun, and when my grandkids say, wow, Grandma, you're really weird, I know I'm on the right path. Mm-hmm. I agree. And <laughs> so starting, I started to get, I started to go to counseling, no matter, because back when, and if you can stop and think about this, because I'm 55, so 20 years ago or 30 years ago, that was seen as like a black dot, a black cloud around you if somebody found out you were going to counseling. And I just, I knew I had to because I felt like I was going crazy. 
I sought out mentors. I sought out the right and perfect friends. And this all takes time. This took me time. But that's part of the reason why I do the work I do because I don't want people to have to wait years, decades to make and create changes in their life. And I didn't even know that this was a book I was supposed to write. Hmm. I didn't even know that me leaving would be the greatest gift I gave to my husband and to my family. Who who would ever think that 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 on the midst of you leaving your marriage? And it turned out to be that way. Cuz and now that Tim and I are back together, we were we were apart. I mean, divorce papers were filed. And I had a mentor that I had a mentor that I had pre- former, a former mentor for like eight years before reach out to me and says, Tammy, you and I need to talk. And in my book, there's a chapter called Melvin and Sherry. It was that work that they do with coupleship that helped us to bring back, not just bring back, but like start over. Because what I realized when I said I was done, I was done with what was the old. Now, I didn't know that when I left. Uh-huh. I realized that later. I was done, but I was done with the old. And our second start is about finding joy in the new you, but not just the new us, the new you of who we individually are, finding my mm-hmm. voice speaking my truth, which is still scary. I'm serious. I still like, well, have to, oh, i got to talk to Tim about this. Ooh, uh-huh. I, think I, I still have that, even with all the work I've done. I totally done. get it. I get it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you heard a little bit about my story and how I help people speak up, but this was my biggest area of growth, too. And so I just want to reflect a little bit. First of all, um, you know, being so young and having a child, I can't even imagine what that was like. You were you were a child, and you know, you you got into this marriage. You didn't know who you were. You both were so young, and and then to just not have a voice and not have anybody who was a model for that, and that's pretty common. You know, my my mom actually says to me, "I'm really proud of you for having a voice because I never." had one and I always saw her as a as a person who was strong and spoke up but the way she spoke up was not effective <laughs> and I see that now you know it was she was trying to speak up and and this happens to a lot of women and and you know we're really dealing with this now with the me too movement where women are starting to speak up but some of them are speaking up in a rageful way and it's not effective people aren't listening and for the ones who can really speak up with grace, which is what I advocate for, and I'm sure you do too, mm-hmm. that's where your voice is heard, right? So yeah. um, I think this is such important work, and and you become a role model for your children, for other people. The work is it, it's a ripple effect. And I had a similar experience when I when I left my husband. My biggest fear was what it would do to my children, and and. and 
what I see now is that it's helped them. It's We didn't have the ability to go back together, but it helped them to be stronger themselves and to be more emotionally sound and to see what a healthy person's life looks like when it's being remade. Um, you know, that kind of modeling is so important when we take care of ourselves. So, I, you know, kudos to you for all the work that you've done and for being able to be a role model for your kids and grandkids. Thank you. I appreciate that. And with that, you know, when we start to speak our truth, when we stand up, and one thing that I noticed about myself and I noticed with other women I work with is how often do we create a non-existent future? Like, what what are we creating, prefacing our next step? Like, for instance, before I left my husband, before I walked out of my marriage, I was creating these scenarios in my mind of the worst of the worst, but not realizing that until I had a mentor like pull me and it's like, Tammy, what you're doing to yourself, you're making yourself fat. You're because of all these in all these chemicals I'm releasing from my brain of putting myself into fear because mm-hmm. of the um, non-existent future I was creating in my in my head, in my imagination. So that's mm-hmm. one of the greatest things I would encourage any woman to do. What are you creating? Are you creating a non-existent future wrapped around fear? Or are you creating, you know, are you thinking of the best? What can be the best thing? What can, so one of the things I did, like this is a saying I said, how can I create a brilliant, elegant completion of my marriage and focus now on my own sacred mission more than that which I am already doing? By, by changing our words around, by using a higher frequency of words, instead of thinking of, oh, I'm going to ruin everybody's life, my kids are going to hate me, which is normal, right? But, uh-huh. And this is where having a mentor or a coach, for me, was vital. Switching my thought form around, switching that around, and having somebody else to say, wanting the highest and greatest good for me, and that's not always our friends, right? You, sometimes usually, we have our usually friends. Usually not. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, oh, yeah, poor Tammy, poor me. And they kind of keep us stuck in that energy where, mm-hmm. and that's why I, I, for me, having a coach and a mentor, and that's why I do coach and mentoring, especially with women. And change your thoughts, you can change your life. I totally believe that. But mm-hmm. by changing my own mindset around and creating a new kind of saying or mantra or create a brilliant movie in my mind of what I can have. Mm-hmm. And that helped me to start to allow the fear, because it wasn't really true fear. True fear is when you're going to lose your life, you know, when your life is at stake. That's true fear. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Most fear is imagined, and we make it up and we worry for no reason, and we have guilt for no reason. And, I mean, there's so many things that just waste our energy. 
And that yeah. reframe is so important. I think we, we you know, and even in parenting, I realized that some of my words when my kids were young, I spent a lot of time correcting behavior instead of giving them words of encouragement. And it was, um, you know, it was like an epiphany for me because I was really struggling with some of my children who were quite oppositional and feisty. We could put, and put a positive spin on that and say they have stick to and, you know, they are not stubborn. They are determined. Um, but seriously, just making that change in framing made all the difference in how I saw them and how they saw themselves. And we need to do that for ourselves much more. So, yeah, this is such an important thing. So for whoever's listening, if you're telling yourself negative stories, if you are painting a future based in fear that has no base in reality, change your story, you know, and, and hire a mentor or a coach because we, we don't imagine our greatest self in, in the same way that somebody else can help us rise up to that level. It definitely was true for me too in, in my, my whole journey post-divorce when, you know, I had a coach who said to me, you're a leader. And I said, what? I'm not a leader. I'm a second child. Second children, not leaders, you know, first children are leaders. Right. So it's like, what, who made that story up? Really? You know, I had every indication of leadership, but I didn't see myself as a leader until I stepped into leadership. So we, we need to really stop it and, and start, start living at a higher vibration. So let's talk about communication. Uh, Go ahead. Okay. Well, I was going to say, I was the same way. I'm a second child also. And I Mm. never, ever saw myself as a leader until I was listening to a cassette tape. Yes, a cassette tape Um, (laughs) um, with John Maxwell on it and Charlie Mm. Regis. And as I'm driving, and they're talking about leadership. And I'm like, I've done that. Oh, I've said that. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, they're talking about me. I started bawling so hard. I had to pull Mm. over to the side of the road so I could just cry. And just really cry and like, wow, I'm a leader? Nobody ever told me that. It yeah. was like take a set that I realized I am a leader. Yeah, people are afraid of their power too. I mean, that's also it's a whole other discussion. But, you know, that stepping into that bigger life and not playing small, that's scary for a lot of people because you might actually achieve what you set out to do. And it's so much easier to be an underachiever and, and to work under the radar, you know. It's like yes, for a lot of is. people. But but once you wake up, man, no, it's not so easy anymore. You can't live there. So uh, let's let's talk about communication so we don't run out of time because this is the okay. topic of the day, even though all these other topics are amazing and wonderful and, and good. Uh, so let's – so tell us. Um, some of your favorite communication tips that you can share for women who want to make either their current relationship better or if they're dating and they want to have the best communication as po- you know possible because this is one of the must-haves that I see so many women write down for what they want in a partner and yet what I challenge them on is how's your communication? Are you operating at your highest? Because when you do, you start to bring in higher quality people who start to come up to that level. And I know that happened a right. lot for you in in your marriage as you were repairing. So that was a long question, but <laughs> that's okay. Well, just to, you know, remember, first of all, the communication with yourself. What are you saying to yourself? Know what you want. 
and then do it. And when you communicate, how many of us, I've been there, we say yes when we really mean no. Mm -hmm. So say yes when you mean yes. When you say no, say put a thank you in no. When somebody asks you, like my husband asked me if I wanted eggs this morning, thank you and no. Instead of a no thank you, because here we're putting a more positive in front of the no. Thank you and no. So, again, only say yes when you truly mean yes. Because when you do not, when you say yes and deep down inside, like, oh, why did I say yes? Then you have this energy of, oh, which makes that yes less than. Uh-huh. So when you, when you give something, when you, when you do something, because communication is not always words. It's, always, it's also actions. So when you're doing something for somebody else or for yourself, make sure there's no agenda underneath it, such as when we give a gift to somebody. And because I had a client do this, and she came back and said, well, they didn't say thank you, and she was so upset. I'm like, then you did not give a gift of trueness. When you give a gift, there's no lying agenda. There's no need to hear a thank you. There's no need to see the glow in their eyes and have them be so, because if you are wanting that, then you have an agenda underlying and sometimes we don't always know that. So mm-hmm. when I do something or when I share something with somebody, I ask myself, is there an agenda under this? If I even think about it a little bit. And so no agenda underlying your yes or your gift or what you're giving or your action. You communicate okay. more. Um, so check in with yourself, with your body, with your tone of voice. And here's the, here's the thing. When you allow somebody else to check you on your tone of voice, I don't know about you, Sandy, but there's a, I've noticed there's so much sarcasm, so much in how people talk. But they, but they act like it's a funniness to their voice, to their tone. Like somebody will say a, a joke, but there's, you can, there's, this underlying sarcasm. And from sarcasm, uh-huh. if you dig deep down, there's hurt, there's anger, there's fear underneath the sarcasm. So my husband and I have this saying, if there's sarcasm with either one of us, and of course, I'm always so happy, you know, most of the time when he says, would you like a do-over on that? I'm like, what, me? But that's our saying, <laughs> would you like a do-over on that? Because right away, when somebody says something to you that's, that kind of stings, that triggers you, but if you say, would you like a do-over on that, it already lightens the energy, lightens the mood. It doesn't put that other person in a constricted way. It just allows them to speak it again, maybe a different way and with a different tone. And I didn't realize, Sandy, before I left that that was a lot of, and because that's what my husband, he, that's how that he grew up. And not yeah. saying that people meant to be that way. It's just, you know, instead of, yay, you've got an A, 
or if you got a B, it's like, well, why didn't you do better? You know, mm-hmm. there was always this cut, cut down. And, um, but that was yeah. in his family, in his lineage. Yeah. It's so and, common. Sarka, I'm so glad you're bringing this up because people think it's okay and it's funny, but it's funny at somebody else's expense. And it's not it funny. It's, it's painful and it's passive aggressive, actually. So you're not being straight with somebody. And my kids used to call me on my tone. They'd say, Mom, your tone of voice is terrible. Like I'd be reprimanding them and they'd be yelling at me about my tone. I'd be like getting pissed at them for yelling at me about my tone. But they were right. And when I started to listen, I thanked them because I was trying so hard not to yell. I was suppressing so much with my tone. So I wasn't yelling, but it was just as bad. So we we fool ourselves sometimes, right? And I think it's even... It's even. It's actually worse than yelling because it's more like a knife cut and through. Uh-huh. You're right. With sarcasm, yep. in my opinion, uh-huh. in my opinion and my experience, because that's what it would yeah. feel like with my husband. And when we speak our truth, which is yes, can be hard and tough, but that's why we speak it with our mentor, our coach first to help us to practice that, and then we uh-huh. bring it forth, and then. You know, because that's even I asked my clients, one lady in particular, how do you speak? Do you speak with sarcasm? And when she like, oh, my gosh, that's where she realized in that moment she was causing the issue to a point in her relationship with her husband Hmm. because she was using sarcasm but never realized it. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize it. And once I became aware, I saw it in everybody else. And I think that that awareness, when you realize the effect it has on other people, because I used to be very sarcastic too. It's all, you know, just trying to repair what we grew up with and thinking that we're doing better and we're not. So it's steps, you know, and I think that when hopefully people who hear this who are sarcastic will, will get a little bit sobered into understanding the effect it has on others and also understanding that when they're on the receiving end and it stings, that there's a reason for it. And I think a lot of women, and maybe you can speak to this, feel that it's too needy to speak up about things like that. So what do you have to say about that? Can you, too needy to speak up about, I'm not sure about what you mean About things like sarcasm, about, you know, the the tone of voice that somebody speaks to you and you know, that it just feels like you're being too picky, that maybe it's just, you're just being too sensitive. Mm. Mm. No, actually, if if it's causing a trigger, if it's causing a reaction, you know it's hurting you. It's more than hurting you, it's hurting your soul. And if you truly look in the eyes of the child, when something like that is said with sarcasm, look at them, like pay attention, be aware, be in the now, and watch that. And you can see the shine in the eyes of the other person dim. Uh-huh. that actually dim. So, you know, when we just stop and we take 100% responsibility and accountability for ourselves first and give other people permission to call us on that, that's how I raise my children. And we would call each other on our tones of voice. And I gave them full permission to do that. And if they said it 
in a sarcastic way, I would say stop and repeat and watch your tone of voice. And, you know, because that's how I raised them. I didn't have these tools I have now. If I would have, uh-huh. I would have said, okay, stop. Would you like a do-over on that? So Yeah, I like that. It's not shaming. It's it's saying, okay, I heard that. It's not good. <laughs> and I'm giving you a chance to make it better. So it's, it's, right. it's beautiful. I love it. And for ourselves, um, too. Like, how are we speaking to ourselves? Yes, absolutely. Um, I can't believe we've half an hour has gone by already. <laughs> I know. Uh, um, so what's what's one big takeaway that you want our audience to have when it comes to having a voice communicating in your relationship? You, you require, I feel like this is a huge requirement, we've got to know ourselves. Know thyself first. What is it that you yearn for? What is it that you desire in your life? If you require, if you don't know this, go take the five languages of love assessment. Get to know thyself. And then step two, to thine own self be true. Uh. For instance, you know, like flowers at Valentine's Day. Women complain about they don't get that. They want that. I buy myself flowers. I don't wait until <laughs> Valentine's Day. And then we take that responsibility off of our partner, off of that other person. If you want it, do it for yourself. Uh, I so agree. I, if people have expectations and they expect others to read their minds, which is also a whole other conversation. But I I remember planning all my own birthday parties, and my some of my kids really hate their birthdays because they have expectations of other people doing things for them, but they don't even know what it is that they want. And I knew what I wanted. I for my 40th birthday, I had a sleepover party, and I had the most fun. I kicked everybody out out of the house, and I, it was me time. And my friends bought me the most crazy gifts. We had people from all walks of my life together, sleeping over at my house, making pizza, and you know, and and, and doing fun kid things. We had a craft project in the morning. <laughs> that was something I loved. My husband could never have made that for me. Um, and and so it's important to do these things. I so agree with you. Great, great tip. Yeah. Great wisdom. Um, so tell us how people can find you and your book, and how they can. You said you have a free gift, and tell us about that. Yes, um, I have a free gift that you can go to my website, www.transformintojoy.com. And you're just going to be asked to put in your name and your email so we can email email this to you. And it's going to be simple simple steps to gain clarity, help you to feel more empowered, create abundance and more. And you get instant access to these inspirational videos that are once you fill in this information. And also, transformintojoy.com is also where you can find my book, The Second Start, Finding Joy in the New You, and um, find out more about me. You can also find me on Facebook, Tammy Lee Shoemaker, and 
also through transform into joy. And me time, that is vital. One more thing, me time is vital, ladies. So I agree with you. And don't put it at the bottom of your list. Put it at the top. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much, Tammy, for coming on the show today and for sharing this important information. I really hope that our listeners remember to know thyself, be true to thyself, take time for thyself, and speak <laughs> up and and really use some of these tools. I love the quick little communication tools that you've shared. It's so easy when you have the tools to really start to transform all your relationships, starting with yourself. So thank you so much. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Yeah. And thanks, everybody, for listening in today. If you enjoy our show, please go to iTunes or Google Play or anywhere where we are, Stitcher, and uh, subscribe. Leave a review on iTunes. That really helps us a lot. And uh, I hope that you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.